Attention, Perma. A broadcast will arrive at this listening center shortly. It is sent from the Imperma Research Institute at Lunda Uni in Lundangla, ICE 4. Broadcast services are made possible through PLOP, the Perma Listener Outreach Project, and the Laraya T. Mushta Foundation. Welcome. Tonight, we begin our presentation of the third survival we've translated. It contains two items that will no doubt come across as a little shocking to you. We have our norms, our way of doing things here in Perma. And it turns out people in old Perma had their way of doing things, too. As ever, Bozo Dr. Huerto joins me here in the Lunda Uni broadcast machine. Can you explain this a little more to our listeners? Uh, sorry, Bozo? I'm not familiar with that term. Of course you're not! I'm certain you have absolutely no idea what it means. And the reason for that is because it's an old perma-ingla word that I came across earlier today. You're definitely a Bozo, I'd say. So, what does it mean? What is a Bozo? Well, it's a word that appears only in the early survivals, so that makes me suspect that it was unique to old perma and then its usage died out during imperma. Bozo, I believe, it means something like belly jiggler or smile maker. In short, someone whose presence brings pleasant, happy feelings. Like you, Dr. Huerto. It's always nice to have you around. Uh, well, well, thank you, Dr. Swell. I think you're a bozo, too. But I should be honest. My true aim for making mention of this isn't solely to flatter you, Dr. Huerto. It is, I'm afraid, a shameless act of self-promotion. You see, I'd like to tell listeners that I will shortly make available at all listener centers, through the generous support and approval of Oversee Prefa, a reference book with a selection of translated old perma words, complete with detailed definitions. I expect that it will be updated regularly, in keeping with our ongoing discoveries of all that happened on Empty Slaw. That sounds like a very useful thing to have. It's a very bozo idea, actually. <laughs> yes, well, so, now that my bit of propaganda is over, will you brief our listeners on the sensitive issues I mentioned when we opened? Of course. The first has to do with what people ate in Old Perma. The survival shows us eating habits that were widely and commonly accepted back then, but very different from what we eat today. Although we often believe ourselves to be the inheritors of Olperma, the fact that they did not eat what we eat shows just how vast the difference is between us and them. That vastness is what we can only call imperma. The next challenging subject would be better handled by you, Dr. Swell. It's a sensitive subject. Oh, you're a shy one, know ya? The second thing we learn in this survival that will shake our assumptions has to do with sapping. Of course, you know what sapping is. It is the one feature of the resumers that has grabbed our popular imagination. Little else from the excavations seems to have received so much attention. But what we learn in this survival will, I hope, bring your understanding of sapping closer to the historical truth and away from those mesmerizing, completely impossible and inaccurate depictions of savage resumers torturing innocent travelers. 
I'm not some boring hubbub. I welcome imaginative renderings of things past. After all, it's our fate. However, entertainment tends to highlight only those parts of the truth that lend a thrilling effect to the final product. The more dull or hard-to-convey details and contradictions are trimmed off of it. So that's why we have so many different popular depictions of the Resimers. Sometimes they're performed as wild savages. Other times they're cast as mystical, hooded monsters, luring innocents to their crazy island to be sapped. And this is not, our research shows, an accurate or fair depiction. Sapping, whatever it was exactly, seems to only have been in practice from the height of Resum to its demise. Itself a mystery. And that's why this survival is so interesting. It provides us evidence of what is clearly the event on which sapping would be based. We learn that it is a kind of self-defense mechanism, a way of protecting the island from dangers. Yes. And the decision the Resum settlers make about Ian Vroll set a precedent for how they treated subsequent visitors. We're seeing something primordial in this survival. There are no resummers yet, just old Permian settlers escaping danger. There are no tellers and interviewers, just a man who has to account for his actions through a story. Let's leave the subject of sapping for now. I'd like to go back to the topic of food in Old Perma. To illustrate my point, allow me to paint with my words one of my favorite scenes in Perma. <clears throat> it may help to close your eyes. You are looking out from among the rocks and ice pillars of Sula Shore. The sun is a winnowed mire blotted out by the gray protecting clouds. Dotted between the newborn ice isles float three fresh whale tubbies, fat with sea goodness, and happily bobbing with the gentle rumble of the sea. They're just there, peacefully waiting for a harvesting boat to bring them each safely to shore. Now, isn't the image of the waiting whale tubbies one of the most beautiful scenes in all of Perma? Can you imagine the horror the panic that would come if those beautiful whale tubbies weren't there off our coasts? Of course not. But I'm afraid it's this sort of thing that the survivals demand we do. I'd like now to welcome a special guest to help us explore the question of almosts. He is Perma's almost minder, Wondery Fee. Welcome, almost minder Fee. May Perma forever be. And may Perma forever stay. Do I talk here or here? Uh, close, like this. Yes, uh, yes, okay. So, what is it I need to say? Uh, it's not that you need to say anything. I thought it would be good to have you here because, well, we are talking about almosts. Uh, the ones they had in Old Perma. I'm afraid I, I don't know about that place that you're referring to. Perma is all I need to know. Who are we speaking to? Who can hear this? Ah, well, almost, Minder Fee. I understand your hesitation. 
Years of being afraid can do that. It's entirely understandable that you are habituated to it. But I'm happy to say that those days of darkness are over. Now we live in a brighter epic. Oversea Prefa has opened the doors to our long-ago past, and now it's okay to talk about it, to explore it, and to ask questions. In fact, that's all we do during this broadcast. We are here to educate PERMA about what happened from old PERMA through imperma. Uh, can you tell us about the almosts? What do you do? Now, that's a nice thing to ask, young man. I look to make sure all five almosts are well and good. Uh, they're not easy to find, you know, but all five are well and good. Do you have a favorite? The ones that fly are pretty to look at. The rest are horrible creatures that either crawl or swim. The flying almost make beautiful noises. Gaga, gaga, they go. All perma feels happy when they hear that noise. The other almost don't make any sounds except when they try to eat you. Now, let's see how our findings affect the old guard. Almost minder fee. Did you know that there were many more almosts during old perma? Many more creatures than we have today? No, and I don't care to know either. Can we eat almosts? If I caught one of the swimming ones, would I get sick? Of course you would, you fool! They're full of poison. I never heard such nonsense. Well, then it will certainly surprise you to know that there were more than hundreds, if not thousands or more, of different kinds of almosts, what they called animals in late Ingla. It seems they were everywhere, <laughs> that they outnumbered people even. Dr. Swell, maybe we should... But that's not the best part of what we've discovered. It's obvious to us now... Old Perma did not find goodness in whale tubbies, like we do today. Hard as it is to believe, there were no whale tubbies, or they were not aware of them. So the next question you might ask, if they didn't have whale tubbies, what did they eat in Old Perma? Please tell us, Dr. Warto. Uh, uh, sure. They found goodness in, uh, they ate almost. <laughs> Impossible! Perma is nourished by whale tubbies. All else is poison. Almost. Green groys, all poison. If they could eat those things in old Perma, it's because, it's because they themselves were poison. Corrupt. They weren't good enough for whale tubbies. And I really want nothing to do with this. You're meddling with things you shouldn't meddle with. And, and why don't you find something true and honest to do instead of... Tempting Imperma! Almost my Wait! Well, I am sorry about that, that uh, little exchange. I didn't expect quite that reaction. Did you? No, but he is very old. I think it was all too much at once. Sometimes it's good to go a little at a time. I suppose that's true. I can be a little full head-on sometimes. Well, it's a difficult lesson, but a lesson nonetheless. I had hoped to explain how goodness was dispersed throughout Old Perma, and how they were skilled in extracting it in many ways. But now we're out of time. 
Let's end with a thought of the wonder and plenty of the whale tubbies. All of Perma is nourished by them. Join us next time as we begin our third survival reading. for listening to episode one of cycle three of the Resum Island Survivals, The Deer Problem. David Walker played Dr. Lo Swell, John Barthelmus played Dr. Nuya Huerto, Emmett Mitchie played Wondry Fee. To hear previous episodes and to learn more about the show, visit resumisland.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. The Resum Island Survivals was written and directed by Chris Whitebell. It is a Chickadee and Crow production.